Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. i tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. All right, here we go. Starter sit for Fantasy Week 15. It is your semifinals week. Adam Azer and Heath Cummings and Jamie Eisenberg talking fantasy football. Are you guys feeling confident? Heath, are you feeling confident this week? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm very confident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of conviction. Jamie, how about you? Very confident. I was... Woo. Uh, waiting. I wasn't. I wasn't paying close attention because I thought I was out in one league. That for whatever reason, we play. It's a twelve-team league, but only four teams make the playoffs. And so I lost last week, and I figured, okay, I'm done because uh, how the points and stuff were were all broken down. I was in the top four of points, and two points leaders and two best records get into the playoffs. Well, I didn't take into account that if you're the points leader and the best record, then it goes down to the ah, next highest. There you go. So even though I lost. I still was quali- I still qualified as the uh, second highest point score. So uh, snuck into another playoffs, and we'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, very, very confident. Very confident. You got to right. be confident. Good. I like it. And if you're not confident now, we're going to help you set your lineups to make you a little bit more confident. And this episode is sponsored by Express. You want to look confident, feel confident. You got to look good, right? Uh, Express is all new and all about you with a fresh assortment of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. Find out more about Express later in the show. And it is cold as heck up here. It is snowy and gross. And I have my nice Express sweater on. And if I need to go outside, I've got even warmer clothes from Express that I will break out. So, yeah, we'll tell you more about that later in the show. Uh, do you guys make your any of your lineup decisions based on your opponent? Because we do get a lot of questions about my opponent has... Ryan Tannehill, should I start Corey Davis or this other comparable wide receiver? Do you care about that, Heath? I don't ever... I always tell people, don't care about that. This week, I have a matchup that has almost made me care about it. And I, I want you to tell me if I should. Oh, okay. It's a super flex league, half PPR, half point for first down. I have, I'm loaded at running back. DeAndre Swift. Oh, Kareem stop. <laughs> stop. No, this is not our league. Not yes, our league. it is our league. No. <laughs> I also have Cam Akers and Jonathan Taylor on that team. Oh, wow. Okay. It's very similar. Okay. Uh, um. I have Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams at wide receiver. I can flex my third favorite running back or Adam Thielen. I'm a big favorite. The guy I'm playing has Kirk Cousins. Oh. And I thought, man, the only way he's going to beat me is if like somebody goes off and has a massive game. But I'm probably going to sit Adam Thielen and play three of the running backs. Yeah, I I, I just always, I my advice is always play the guy you think is going to score the most points. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I approach it, but that is pretty interesting. Uh, JB, what would you do, Thielen or one of those running backs? I think it was like Swift. I, Taylor and Akers are my favorite, so it's it's Swift or Hunt or Thielen. Oh, actually, I, I would, would just to... I think I would just go Thielen there. 
I would probably go Thielen myself in any PPR related scoring. Uh, Swift, Swift. I, I'll tell you that I have Swift right now as a start and start set. If Ragnow's out after this throat revelation where he fractured his throat, which is, just sounds terrible, yeah. Uh, if he's out, then I'm going to pull Swift from the column. So I think it would be easy to go with Thielen. But um, I always play uh, the players against my opponent because I think it's uh, a great strategy. It certainly works out well every time that that happens. Wait, wait, no, okay, wait. I hear sarcasm. What? No, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, so just play play your best guys. Right. And don't worry about your opponent, you're right, saying? play the best player. Okay. Now, I think if if you're talking like three receiver leagues and your third receiver stinks and you want to maybe try and do something along those lines, I can get by that, behind that. But, like, I wouldn't necessarily go pick up, like, like you, you mentioned uh, Corey Davis, right? Yeah. Like, that's a good player. It's I think it's more along the lines of, like, if you wanted to do this, like if you're playing Josh Allen and you're deciding between Cole Beasley and DJ Chark, you know, better week for DJ Chark. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay. Like that type of thing I'm okay with. All right. All right. Um, I feel like game script is really going to come into play this week. This, I, I don't know if this is a lot, but this feels like a lot. There are eight games in which teams are favored by six or more points. And there are three games with 12, point, 12 or more point favorites. The Rams are like 17 point favorites against the Jets, the Ravens against the Jaguars, Steelers at the Bengals. We got some we got a lot of potential blowouts this week. And I want to know if you guys are are nervous about that and if there are any particular players. Tannehill and um and Roethlisberger come to mind. Obviously Goff, but like Jamie, what is game script something that's on your mind right now? Did it make things difficult for you this week? I mean, you know, the only thing you got to take into account with some of these scenarios when it comes to the the scores is what is the defense going to do to impact those scores? Because the offense still has to get you to that deficit, right? Right. So, or the difference, not deficit. Yeah, but, I know, yeah. You know, so how are they going to get there? And so, like the Titans, you could see two touchdowns for Derrick Henry early, and then it's not a lot from Ryan Tannehill. Or you could see you know, two touchdowns from uh, a defensive touchdown and a touchdown from Cam Akers and Jared Goff's not doing very much. Those, those things could certainly unfold. The Steelers don't necessarily worry me too much because their offense has been so bad that if they're going to get to that point difference, I think it's going to be because of Roethlisberger, especially with James Conner banged up. Today's going to be a big day for the Steelers backfield. So if you can still make ad drops, keep an eye on James Conner's practice report. And if Benny Snell's available, you should absolutely pick him up. Yeah. I, the one guy, my projections got a little wonky, and I think he's in the rankings disputes, and I've I've moved him up a little bit to close the gap. But Chris Carson, his like rush attempt totals have not been very high since he's come back from injury. And part of the problem was last week the Seahawks had such a huge lead that it was Carlos Hyde and DJ Dallas in the second half. Carson only had four touches after halftime. And I for the most part, would just ignore that and say, well, he just played because it was garbage time, but they're probably going to have a quarter and a half worth of garbage time again this week. Um, so? Yeah, I mean, if Alex Smith plays, it's an East Coast trip. It's a one o'clock start. They've struggled a little bit in that spot. They kind of were... That's a good defense, too. Yeah, it's a good defense. They're it is good, good defense. Good run defense, too. We were going to talk about that in the rankings dispute. That that, that game, a couple weeks ago, I would have thought, oh, they're going to they're gonna blow out Washington. I don't know. How, you, how do you feel about that, Heath? I think they're going to win, but they may not blow them out. The other thing is there are two teams, and you mentioned them in the big spreads. I can't remember, and I pay attention to this a lot because it goes into the projections. There are two teams with implied point totals below 14. 
Mm-hmm. And I cannot ever remember a week with two. Like if you get one team below 14, that's shocking. And the Jets and the Bengals were both 13 and a half as of last night. And Jacksonville's not much higher. Right. And remember I, last time you brought this up, I don't know if it's the last time it happened, but that was the uh, Kendall Hinton game. And it was the Broncos had an implied point total of like 10. And we got a pretty lousy game from Michael Thomas, you know, all things considered, because Taysom Hill barely threw. The Steelers, at least, you know they're going to throw, throw, throw. But, you know, the the Titans, on the other hand, I don't know if I should count them. They're like six-point favorites, but I could see them blowing out the Lions. You know, we'll get into that game. I just... I would imagine once Stafford's ruled out, that line changes a little more. Right, That's that was basically my big concern. And Tannehill hasn't been great when they've had, like, ma- massive wins, but they've only had either wins by seven or fewer... Or 19 or more. So they've never had like a 13-point win. So it's hard to hard to really make a lot of judgments. It's also there. they're back at home where he typically plays a little bit better it, too. Yep. All right, so let's find out who we love this week. Jamie, who's the start of the week? Uh, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I mean, you've seen this Jacksonville run defense absolutely fall apart. Um, the last three games, they've been bad all season. Dobbins has scored in three straight games. Uh, you don't have to catch passes to be successful against this Jacksonville run defense as most of the running backs have shown you. Certainly Derrick Henry last week. So he's not going for 215 and two, uh, but I do think 70 and a touchdown is certainly realistic because he's done that in two of the three games. And he has five games on the season with at least uh, 12 carries. He's scored 12 or more PPR points, essentially 12 or more points because he's not doing very much in terms of his receptions, but uh, 12 or more PPR points in four of those games. I'd be very surprised at this point if he doesn't get 12 plus carries against Jacksonville. And then if you want to just have some fun, uh, Gus Edwards also is somebody you can start if you're stuck because uh, hashtag Jaguars. Right. And, you know, it's rare we get a rankings dispute with the start of the week, but Jamie's got Dobbins around 15th in the rankings, and Heath has him closer to 24 or so, depending on the format. So, Heath, uh, you are not quite as enthused. It's like almost exactly what I said about Chris Carson, except he also doesn't catch passes. Um, he, he just hasn't had, he's not, you're not going to have a running back that lives in the 12 to 14 carry range that projects as a top 15 running back. And that's not to say that against Jacksonville, I don't think that he could be. They have been such a weird defense in terms of their run defense. Most of the time they're bad. And then occasionally they're awesome. Right. Um, <laughs> the, the fact that you're going to see, like, I don't, I don't think J.K. Dobbins is going to get more than a third of the Ravens' rush attempts because no running back really has over the past two years. So that puts him around 13 carries. I think 70 yards and a touchdown is very much in play, though. Yeah, okay. Uh, who do you love, Heath? I was so busy answering about J.K. Dobbins that I... Uh, <laughs> uh, keep, no, Cam Akers. Uh, he came in as a top four running back in my projections this week. So like 50 carry, I think because that game was on a Thursday and so we had a little extra time to kind of not think about it. 50 carries over the past two weeks, just completely shoving Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown out of the way on a team that has been very run heavy, almost regardless of game script. They have a couple of games where they threw 60 or 50 passes. For the most part, a very run heavy offense. And now they're playing against a team that has an implied total of 13 and a half. He might have 30 carries in this game. Jamie, who do you like better, Dobbins or Akers? Oh, Akers. I mean, Dobbins is uh, ranked, I, I think, appropriately for how you feel he's going to play. If he doesn't expect him to have a monster game, I could certainly understand him being in the, in the low 20s. Um, I think he could have, you know, a hundred and a touchdown if, uh, if he gets his usual, you know, 
14, 15 carries uh, against this defense because they're so bad. So it's just looking at um, it, it's also kind of contingent with Dobbins because, you know, last week was the first time when everybody was healthy and they didn't play Mark Ingram. I, I could certainly see them going back to Mark Ingram this week, but, you know, Dobbins is um, uh, for the last three healthy games has, has typically been around 60% of the snaps. Um, and like you said, that doesn't mean he's getting all the carries, but uh, he's, he's still doing enough that you can, I think, buy into it in this, in this matchup. But Akers has certainly a higher ceiling. I mean, you know, you've seen sure. it now for the last uh, several games. The one, the one concern I do have with Akers is, uh, and I'm, I'm surprised he came out that high in your projection teeth, is just the Jets run defense has been good, you know, and, and that's the one thing to kind of, you know, look at it and say, as bad as things have been for the Jets, if there's one kind of, oh, that's not bad. It's been, it's been their run defense. And so you're starting acres. There's no way you shouldn't be starting acres, but does he have that same 190 total yards and the potential to score? Like we saw last week, the wrong running back to score against them recently was, was Chris Carson because he caught a touchdown. All right. Players to avoid this week. Heath, who would, who would you sit? Um, could I just say the jets and the Bengals and the Jaguars not named James Robinson? Well, sure. Uh, let me see if I can push back. Okay, I'll push back on that a little bit. Let me just get the stat for you. It's uh, about the Bengals wide receivers. Okay, uh, so a wide receiver has scored 14 or more fantasy points in PPR against the Steelers in seven of the last eight games. And that includes guys like Willie Sneed, CeeDee Lamb, T. Higgins, Marquise Brown, and Cam Sims. So I, I think yeah. it's good that you read that list of names off because I would not be... like If you told me that I can just start... Um, the Bengals team wide receivers and whoever scores the most fantasy points out of out of the four of them, I get those fantasy points. <laughs> I would be, I would be okay with starting them, but if I have to choose which Bengals wide receiver, and it's most likely to be T Higgins. He's the one I have ranked the highest, um, but he's not in my top thirty six. So I would really like to not start any of them. Okay, I, I won't. I uh, I have no beef with that. I was just bringing it up. Uh, but I was actually surprised you didn't have Minshew in your top twenty five. He was. Um, Really good. I mean, he was on pace for like 4,200 yards, 30 touchdowns, something like that in the first seven games. And the Ravens defense, a little bit off the last couple weeks, but but you're just, no, not interested. We don't well, have it down a few offensive linemen, too. Yeah. Who? The Jaguars are down Linder. They're getting, they're getting their left guard back, Norwell. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't played very well, though. He apparently is having his best season with the Jaguars, according to ESPN. Um, <laughs> But oh, I mean, look, their their line stinks. But okay, uh, Jamie, who are we avoiding? I, you're not avoiding him, but I'm a little bit concerned, and probably should have been for several weeks with Tyler Lockett. It's just it, it's it's such a frustrating experience with him, and he has not been great on the East Coast. He has not been great when he's not facing the Cardinals. He only has four games this season with a touchdown, and so you know it's it. it he, he clearly has the chance to get you 12 PPR points like he did last week. And, and that's kind of been the ceiling though. That's unfortunate um, unless he has these blow up games. And so the, the blow up games just haven't been there very often. And so good defense road trip. I think they just want to get their win and go home. They're facing uh, uh, one of the teams that we like to say are the teams you don't want to face, especially if they go into the playoffs. This is not a team that you want to go against because of how physical and, and, and good their defense is played. So uh, Tyler Lockett is a guy that's outside my top 24 for the first time. And I think he's more of a number three receiver than a starting option. <sighs> it's so conflicting the way you look at this matchup. Washington, they give up the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. And then try to try to follow along with this stat. It's pretty impressive. There have been 12 wide receivers in their last six games 
that have had seven or more targets. Okay, that's a lot. That's that's a lot. Um, they've had 39, 41, 26, 41, 21, 28. So it looks like seven of the 12 had 42 or fewer yards. That's, that's really, really good. But at the same time, somehow they've given up 85 yards or a touchdown to eight wide receivers in their last five games. So it's strange. It's like they're really good against wide receivers, but they're also really struggling. They haven't been quite as good, I think, since Landon Collins went out. Um, so I don't really even know how to evaluate the matchup. They haven't they haven't faced a lot of good passing offenses. I think that's what the big issue is for me evaluating Seattle. Uh, it's Heath, not so much for me though about the defense at this point. Yeah, because he's had good matchups. He's had bad matchups. He's had some you know favorable situations. He's just not producing consistently. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I'm star. I have to start him. In, Are you going to start J.K. Dobbins over Tyler Lockett in non PPR? A hundred percent in PPR. No, because he's got more. He's got more upside if things go right for him. You know, that's just yeah. the type of scenario it is. Okay. All right, then. Um, more. We'll get to the games in a little bit. CBS Sports and Westinghouse are teaming up to give away 10 prize packs for the holidays, including a curved gaming monitor and a portable power station perfect for tailgates. Go to cbssports.com slash happy holidays to enter. Okay, we're going to put the link in the episode description as well, but it's the contest ends on December 25th. So cbssports.com slash happy holidays. All right, that's pretty cool. 10 prize packs. Go to that URL. And join us today at 4 o'clock on Twitch. We're answering your starter sit questions. Twitch.com slash FF today. News and notes. Three players designated to return from IR. Not sure they'll play this week, but George Kittle, Drew Brees, John Brown. Who do you think has the best chance of returning this week? Kittle, Brees, Brown, Jamie. Brees. Okay. Uh, Detroit center Frank Ragnow. This Jamie was mentioning this. He played through a fractured throat. My goodness. Uh, hopefully he can be out there at Tennessee. Didn't miss a snap. Yeah, apparently he just couldn't really speak very well, but everything else seemed fine. That's just a weird thing. Um, Why would they play him, though, if Stafford doesn't play? I don't get that. Well, I, it might be one of those injuries where it's like you can't do anything to get – it can't get any worse, you know? It might just sound really bad. But I saw some, like, tweets where other players had had something similar and they, you know, couldn't breathe. Like Right, he was fine. But if he gets hit in the throat, like something goes wrong, this sounds terrible. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't sound good. I definitely don't want to fracture my throat. Uh, Ronald Jones is on the reserve COVID list, guys. So he still could play. He's got the pinky injuries on the reserve COVID list. But uh, I, I asked you yesterday. I mean, is th- he not a, I, and I don't know this for sure. Used close contact. He could, he's a close contact. Yeah. I thought those were five days. It is. So, I'm on. They have to have all the negative tests between now and but Sunday. He went on the list Wednesday, right? Yes, he can still play Thursday. Okay, I don't understand. That's only four days. Maybe Sunday, he went though. on before that because I okay was pretty sure he could still play. I mean, I, from what I from what I saw, him and Marquise Brown have both been considered close contacts and placed on the reserve COVID nineteen list. So every report I saw said they could still play on Sunday if they have whatever X amount of negative tests. I could be wrong, but that's what I. That's thought how I, I saw it too. Yeah, but. Okay. Maybe they just went on a different day or we didn't It could know be about right. It. it could be they were deemed close contacts on Tuesday, placed on the list on Wednesday. Right. I mean, that could be the procedural move. Sure. Sure. Uh yeah. So Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin, they're both on the reserve COVID list. Is the the availability of Brown and Boykin going to affect your rankings of Lamar Jackson this week? If he has none of them, then I would probably drop him down to low end starting quarterback, but I'm probably still starting him. I mean, it's Jacksonville. He's gonna run on them. 
yes, I, I think Heath is right. I won't drop him very like he's third for me. I'll probably drop him to five, <laughs> six. Okay. Yeah, this is a good one. A good game against Jacksonville. We don't have to go like, oh man, is the quarterback going to throw enough? <laughs> right, this doesn't, doesn't quite matter as much. Let's talk about the Dolphins real quick. It doesn't look like Kasiki's going to play, but Parker and Jakeem Grant practiced on a limited basis, so that's good. Matt Breida's off reserve COVID, and Savan Ahmed was limited. Mm-hmm. Heath, who's trustworthy on the Dolphins this week against the Patriots? At at this point right now, I don't see anyone who is trustworthy. Um, I Jason think Saunders and the Dolphins DSD. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that like the if we get Devontae Parker back and no Gasicki or Jakeem Grant, then I think you could um, really I I'd feel pretty good still about Lynn Bowden because Parker would take Gilmore, and they're going. I, I think there would still be possibly eight plus targets available for Bowden. All right. So that's Bowden well for him then. Uh Raheem Mostert mispractice. But they're st- <laughs> they're still optimistic well about <laughs> I like that. One. Thank you. They're still optimistic about uh Mostert playing. We don't know yet. So I don't think you can start Jeff Wilson over a Thursday night guy, although we're gonna talk about Thursday night games shortly because uh there are some game time decisions. Damian Harris not on the injury report. Daniel Jones has an Daniel Jones may not play, and yeah, you're not going to start him, but it would really affect Evan Ingram. Um, he probably not, shouldn't play. Yeah, he probably shouldn't. And Alex Smith is questionable, but there's optimism there. Joe Mixon unlikely to play. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both game time decisions. Eckler's going to play, but all right, how does this Jamie? How would it change things if you know? I guess talk about the, the injury situation with the Chargers wide receivers and. Uh, if if Mike if Keenan Allen doesn't play, I'm sure you're going to sit Herbert. But if Mike Williams doesn't play and Allen does, what about Herbert at that point? I wouldn't change my ranking of Herbert if Mike Williams is out. Uh, you've seen the other guys. There's been several of them throughout the course of the season step up in place of Mike Williams when he's either been banged up or missed time. Uh, I if Keenan Allen is out, yes, you ha- you can't play Justin Herbert. You know, so that's a huge injury you have to keep an eye on. I'm going to guess he plays, but. Uh, with them having nothing to play for, you never know how that goes with certain guys. So the Raiders are really banged up defensively as well. They're down four guys. So I would love it for Justin Herbert if he does have Keenan Allen out there. But if he doesn't, clearly, then you can't start him in redraft leagues. Yeah, and if you're you know in a deep league and those wide receivers are out, Tyron Johnson had a good game last week, six catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown. And he changed his style. His A dot was way down. He had typically just been a deep guy. But it was still kind of high. I think it was around 13 or something like that. But it wasn't like 20. Um, like Jalen Guyton? Yeah, yeah. So, But but even even Johnson's like 53-yard touchdown catch at Tampa Bay, 54-yard catch against the Jets, 50-yard catch against the Raiders, uh, long one at Buffalo. But he was a little bit more uh, versatile, I guess, last week. All right, what else we got? Noah Fan expected to play. Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon were both limited. Antonio Gibson mispracticed. We're not expecting him. Kyle Rudolph mispracticed. DJ Moore expected to play. Julio Jones questionable. You guys aren't ranking Julio, are you? No. Uh, Chase Edmonds mispracticed with an ankle injury. And I said earlier that ESPN said that uh, Andrew Norwell was having his best season. I want to clarify his best season with Jacksonville. He hasn't. Yeah, I don't know if people that cover the team necessarily agree with that, but. Well, Mike, Mike DiRocco said it. He said, this has been Norwell's, that's their beat writer for ESPN. I guess I'm just listening to Pete too much. Okay, Norwell's best season in Jacksonville. Getting him back will be a boost to the run game and running that's back it. James Robinson. Pittsburgh offensive lines beat up. 
Tennessee's beat up a little bit. Kansas City's tackles mispractice. Chargers, Brian Bulaga's not playing tonight. They're uh, right tackle, Brian Bulaga? One of their tackles. And uh, Trey um, Turner's a guard, right? Yeah. Yeah, Turner's a guard. I, don't, I think Bulaga's playing right tackle. And Brandon Shell, right tackle for the Seahawks. He may not play. And I'll leave it at that. Um, um, yeah, go we got an interesting tweet from Todd Hamilton, who said that five years ago was the stain on Dave's shirt. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. Dave so had a filled, lot of stains on it. He was a very messy eater. Always had yeah, stains. Yeah, but there was one that looked like uh, oh. a country, I think. Um, yeah, what was it? Did he spill coffee on himself? I don't think he was a coffee guy. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't know. I know, but his tweet said, it's a five-year anniversary of one of the top five moments in show history. Can we please relive the stain on Dave's shirt moment? Oh, gosh. I, I could text him and find out what the... I'll, I'll, I'll try. Schrager, see if you can figure out what the stain was on Dave's shirt. But yeah, Dave used to have I, stains uh, all the time. I um, Jason Garrett has tested positive for COVID-19. Wow. So the Giants will be without their offensive coordinator. Interesting. That's okay. Um, Heath, how long have you been here at CBS? How many years? This is season six. Oh, you don't remember the stain? No, I don't think I was on that show. <laughs> or on that Cuba. shirt. I found it. It was uh, <laughs> Cuba. All right. Well, happy anniversary to Dave and to Cuba. All right, let's do the start meter What'd you say? Oh, I yeah, wonder if he still has the shirt. And what did he spill, uh, Schrager? Find out what did he spill. Uh, all right, the start meter today, basically it has morphed into the confidence-o-meter. Who are you confident starting? Let's go to the Jacksonville-Baltimore game. These are the last three games we're going to preview. Heath, who are you confident Oh, no. <laughs> Do you know who's calling plays for the Giants? Uh, Daniel Jones. Freddie Kitchen. Oh, Freddie Kitchen. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad we picked up the Browns DST in our league, Heath. Oh, boy. Uh, man. Uh, okay, so, yeah, Jacksonville, Baltimore, Heath, who are you confident Revenge starting? game for Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> That's such a good Revenge. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. We're going to have to. Um, <laughs> James Robinson. Yeah, either you Baltimore too. Uh J.K. Dobbins and Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, is he right now top five? He is currently top five. And uh I think he's currently top three or four for all of us. Mm-hmm. And like he would not fall any further than the ninth for me if he was without all of his wide receivers besides Willie Sneed and Devin DuVernay. And if, if Willie Sneed and, and DuVernay were the only wide receivers, then I would probably rank Sneed as a number three. Okay. And right now, who are the quarterbacks ahead of Lamar Jackson? Rodgers, Mahomes, anyone else? I have Josh Allen. I think I'm the only one, but I have Josh Allen ahead of him as well. Okay. Jamie, Kansas City and New Orleans. You know, I, I figure most people are going to start the main guys. Who are you confident starting in this game? I'd start Taysom Hill if he's the starter. I don't know if he qualifies as the main guys. Um, he's the, he's probably the biggest. He and Jared Cook are the question. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think Cook is in the low-end starting conversation. You know, he's got nine targets the last two weeks. He scored in two of those games. The Chiefs have been absolutely miserable against tight ends basically since week seven or eight. And so in a game where they're probably chasing points and throwing, 
I think Jared Cook has a chance if your tight end situation is somewhat shaky. Like I would start him over Hayden Hurst, for example. I'd start him over Noah Fant. I would start him over um, – trying to think of somebody else that's in that. Would you start him over Dallas Goddard? Uh, I would start him over Dallas Goddard in non-PPR, but not in PPR. What about Evan Ingram? I would start him over Evan Ingram without Daniel Jones. Uh, Heath, you know, I know you're not quite as affected by matchups unless it's one of the the real outliers, but Kansas City, they've given up 57 yards or a touchdown to five tight ends in their last four games. Good tight ends yeah. for the most part. Waller, Witten caught a touchdown. Gronk, Fant, Gasicki. So Cook, he's got a touchdown in two straight games. Are you feeling any momentum? I think you have him pretty low in the rankings. I Yeah, I just, and I I could fudge it and move him up to like 18th maybe, um, but... This is just the kind of, and I think people have probably listened enough know this. Like Jared Cook scores once every six targets, and no one else in football has ever done that. And I'm just not going to buy it. He's got one game or two games this season with more than three catches, and he has not been over 37 yards since week five. Right. Um, That's, I just don't, I don't want to do that. Taysom Hill, I was nervous about, but I'm a, I got a little bit more comfortable after previewing the game because the Chiefs are getting torched by quarterbacks lately. Their defense is really just not playing well. It's 27 or more fantasy points to four of the last five quarterbacks they've faced, and they've given up uh, like the third most rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks. They've given it's up like five. A big group, though, with that. What's that? It's like a big group of like teams that have given up six, five and six. Yeah, um, there are. Yeah, there are four teams have given up six rushing touchdowns. Five teams have given up five. They're one of the five that have allowed five rushing touchdowns. When I saw that first, I was like, oh, five must be a lot. <laughs> me too. Me too. Yeah. I, I went uh, back and I'm like, oh, there's a lot of teams that have given up five. Yeah, I mean, look, he's still top 10, right? Nine yep. or 10 teams giving up that many, but not as not as great of a stat as I thought. But also, Hill's thrown 37 and 38 passes in his last two games, and you figure probably going to have to throw. Oh, Clyde Edwards Elair. What's your, like, Dobbins or Clyde Edwards Elair? Dobbins. I have Clyde, I think, ranked higher right now, but I don't like that, so I'll probably switch it. All right, and finally, Heath, New England at Miami. Who are you confidently starting in this game? <laughs> Can we just do that for the Dolphins? Uh, yeah, uh, we didn't do it for the Patriots, though. Uh, Damian Harris is a good flex and a very, very borderline number two running back in non-PPR. Okay. And, all right. If Parker plays, Heath, are you starting Lynn Bowden over Devontae Parker? No, they would both be in the mediocre wide receiver three range. Okay. Jamie, you know what's not mediocre? What's that? My sweater. And all of the wonderful clothes that we have gotten and we have bought from Express. Uh, It's been a tremendous shopping spree and a big-time upgrade to my wardrobe. Uh, I went outside the other day, which you know is rare, and I wore the... Uh, jacket, I wouldn't call it a winter coat, more like a fall or early spring uh, jacket. Really awesome. Reversible jacket that I got from Express. That's great. This sweater, um, you've seen some of the other warm clothing I've gotten. I got socks on actually from Express right now. So I went to town and I love it. It's been great. You, Jamie, uh, let us know. How did you feel about your experience with Express? Well, I wear all my Express clothes on HQ. Because I got all dressed. Yeah, you got the attire. fancy stuff. So yeah. I, I, I got fancy stuff. Yes. So I have uh, several button down shirts and some jackets that I got from Express, which I love. And like I said, I wear them on HQ. I, I appreciate uh, them uh, 
uh, for the clothes that they have. And I'm staring right now. I, I was waiting for you to um, say this because once you purchase something from Express, then you get the deals that they continue to offer you. Uh, so right. uh, it's funny that you mentioned the sweaters because they're offering right now 60% off all sweaters. So that's a great deal, especially for, you know, those of you in the Northeast that are dealing with this fun weather, but uh, Express is great, you know, and I am uh, going to treat myself to some more clothes from Express uh, and some more casual stuff because I like their formal wear so much, which uh, like I said, I wear it mostly on um, our HQ programming. So I'll be wearing some of that today for our Perfect. Express show on uh, CBS Sports HQ. All right. So listen, we've all been really, really happy with what we've gotten. And it's a great time to be shopping for other people or for yourself right now. Holiday deals. Jamie mentioned the deals on the sweaters. And it's already a very affordable website to begin with. So go on express.com right now. Express you this holiday. Shop the best deals on new styles and gifts now in stores or online at express.com. And here we go into the games. Semifinals week. I'm going to start with Seattle and Washington. There are some. Doesn't seem funny to say that. Yeah, it does. Well, because Seattle's in Washington, is that why? <laughs> right. Yeah. But also because I wouldn't normally start with a with a Washington game. But, you know, you've got two defenses that are playing pretty well right now. Is it the competition? Is it the the defense is just actually getting better? Um, and I think you have some tough calls here. First of all, Russell Wilson. So on the East Coast, I don't think I don't usually count week one East Coast trips, do you? Like in terms of uh, it depends. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they were at Atlanta. That's how you Azer stat it this way. Well, Do you know, Thursday East Coast games count. No, it's just it's just an easier travel. So it's it's just one p.m. Eastern East Coast games. Not Correct. I, no, no, I'm, I'm making sure one p.m. Eastern East Coast games, not in week one, and not if they stayed on the East Coast the prior week. I'm gonna side. Off, I'm gonna side off on that. Yeah, I think that. I think okay. that's what it is. Um, oh, Heath, you missed. You missed a brilliant. I already told him. I already. He told, told me about him. it. I it was a. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, anyway, he hasn't been great um, in those games. I can't find the stats, but it was like 20, 25, 24 points. And then, oh, just go to Pro Football Reference. They've got their splits, and you just look for one p.m. Eastern yeah. games, not in Week One when they didn't stay on the East Coast. <laughs> okay, Week One, he torched Atlanta. But then at Miami, at Buffalo, at Philadelphia. The Philadelphia game was a Monday night game, for that's worth. But at Miami, at Buffalo, not great. And Wilson, yeah. Buffalo he, was great. No, it was. It was like 25 points, wasn't he? I mean, 392 and two in the rushing touchdown is pretty good. <laughs> Did he score more points than that? Or am I crazy? He had 25 points. Yeah, 25 points. Not very good. He threw a lot of interceptions in that game. Um, If you tell me right now my quarterback's going 392 and two, I'm going to tell you right now that they're not going to give up 44 points like they did in that game. So I, um, anyway, I think you should start Russell Wilson. (laughs) All right. Well, convince me because he's only been really great against the Jets, and anybody can be great against the Jets. Before that, he'd been pretty disappointing Um, four games in a row. He's been great for over half of a decade. He has been (laughs) one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy this season. Uh huh. And you're starting Russell Wilson. I'll tell you this, I have a choice uh, that I'm going to struggle with if Keenan Allen plays between Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson because Justin Herbert's situation is a thousand times better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you feel, I, do I you did feel, drop Russell Wilson all the way down to number six. Uh, do you feel like... Uh, he has not been a great fantasy quarterback since week nine. Yeah, but, but just looking at quarterback overall, Herbert slumping, uh, Wilson Murray, obviously. This week, I'm sure you feel incredibly great about Rodgers and Mahomes. And even Mahomes, like... At New Orleans, you know, maybe he won't have his amazing game, but whatever. Um, Lamar Jackson, if the narrator, are, he'll have an amazing game. 
Probably. But he's been a little disappointing, actually, three of his last four. Uh, after that, how, like how many, how many quarterbacks do you just feel incredibly great about this week? Is it just three? Uh, you said Lamar? I said Lamar. Heath would say Josh Allen. Yep. I feel great about Josh Allen, yeah. But he's only had one big game without John Brown. I, I mean, one of those was in terrible weather on a Tuesday. You know, I mean, there's some circumstances with the John Brown game. Okay. All right, but it's not like it used to be where there's like seven or eight quarterbacks where we just feel incredible about. No, I have Russell Wilson in the league, and I'm nervous about it because his defense is really good. He struggles when he's pressured, and he hasn't been great lately. All right, okay, so I'm not crazy. Like the one game where his attempts were up, he was awful, and it was the Giants because their defense is good. Uh, We talked about Chris Carson. As of this morning, Carson was top 12 for Dave and Jamie and more like around 20th for Heath. I think he's 17th now for me. Um, and I think you're starting Chris Carson. I would start most of the rookies not over him. Not Cle- not Edward Zeller. Not Clyde. Um, not Dobbins. But Taylor, Swift for now. Um, Akers, Robinson. Okay. And uh, DK Metcalf, yes. And then Tyler Lockett. Jamie said he's got him as like a number three. Heath... You're always a little bit more optimistic, I feel, about Lockett. Yeah, I think so. And I like he's a guy, because of those monster weeks, who still projects as a borderline number one. I dropped him down to a low-end number two. But if his floor, and his floor over the last five or six weeks has basically been 11 PPR points, if that's his floor and the ceiling's the number one wide receiver of the week, I pretty much just have to start him. Yeah, I, I think the one thing that we've seen since it's week... His last eight games, he's got two games with a touchdown. Both of those were against Arizona. And in four of those eight, he's been 10 PPR points or less. Yeah, he's got, I think, 67 or fewer yards in nine of his last 10 games. It's been very frustrating. He does get a lot of catches, typically. Um, A good amount. But, okay, so so let me give you this other stat. Stat of the game number two. Nine running backs have had 30 or more receiving yards against Seattle. That's a lot. McKissick somehow was very uninvolved in the passing game last week, but who would you start in PPR, McKissick or Lockett? If Alex Smith starts, I would start McKissick. I'd probably go with Lockett, um, but McKissick's been very good in revenge games. Has he? This is another revenge game for him. What were the other ones? Uh, against the Lions, I think he had uh, like 18 PPR points. All right. So so just one? I, I think that's I mean, the, the thing, only the one. The thing <laughs> that you want from McKissick is you want them trailing. Yeah. This is a really interesting game. Okay. And, you know, he did get a lot of carries last week. He had 11 carries. So that's good. And all right, McKissick, uh, McKissick or Dobbins, PPR? I've got McKissick higher. McKissick is probably safer. I have I have Dobbins ranked higher, but McKissick is is safer. I do have McKissick over Clyde in PPR as well. I would agree with that. Now and this, over Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, and James Conner. Agree. Okay, now the uh, Seahawks are still giving up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers, but in their last five games, no touchdowns. Only one wide receivers had more than sixty-two yards. I talked about this yesterday. That was Josh Reynolds. So McLaurin or Tyler Lockett. McLaurin. He actually benefits, I think, if Haskins starts as opposed to Alex Smith. 
Yeah, I've got um, I've got them very, very close, but I do have Lockett higher. First four games of the year with Haskins, McLaurin scored 11, 25, 12, and 21 fantasy points. Two eh, games, two great games. Uh, Logan Thomas, Jamie, starter sit. You have to start him at this point. I mean, you know, it's six of his last eight games, 10 or more PPR points. He scored in four of those. You know, it's just, it's hard to get away from what he's been doing, given what the tight end position looks like. And one thing I'll say is I was a little worried when I was looking at Haskins that it might be worse for him if Haskins play because he has produced fantasy points better with Alex Smith, but his target share was actually higher with Dwayne Haskins. So I, I agree with Jamie. I'm starting him. And Seattle is so bad at tight end against tight ends. Yeah. Now you might see that they're 13th against tight ends, but um, in their last nine games, 53 to 75 yards to Irv Smith, Dan Arnold, Tyler Higby, Richard Rogers, Dallas Goddard, Ross Dwelly scored, Tyler Croft scored, Arnold scored, Richard Rogers scored, Goddard scored. I mean, they, yeah, they are awful against tight ends. All right, so Logan Thomas or Jared Cook. I know he's going to go Thomas. Jamie, how about you? Thomas. All right, Logan Thomas or Hunter Henry? Thomas. Thomas. All right. I start Thomas over Dallas Goddard. I'm, that's the one, I got him right behind Dallas Goddard. So he, but he's still a top six tight end for me. I'd start him over Ebron, Evan Ingram. All those guys. Seattle DST is 11th for Jamie, 15th for Dave, and 4th for Heath. Pretty different there. And three really great games in a row. You know, I'm sure every podcast and publication told you to pick them up weeks ago. But if you did, they've been great at the Eagles, Giants, Jets. And uh, Heath, you see another big game coming for the Seahawks? Yeah, and I don't think it probably matters who plays at quarterback. I think that they are going to score some fantasy points. Cool. Pittsburgh's at Cincinnati and another game. It's like, why are we doing the second? Because you, you know, Cincinnati, you can get away from everyone, but Pittsburgh, I really want to hear how you guys see this game unfolding. Roethlisberger has not been very good in his last four games, his last four games. He's at 5.03 yards per attempt. He has one completion of longer than 31 yards and he hasn't had a good game since he destroyed dot, dot, dot Cincinnati. Uh, 37 fantasy points five weeks ago against Cincinnati. So does he throw enough, Jamie? Does does it matter? Does he do well enough? Does the offense get fixed this week against the Bengals? Fixed to the level of, I think, where they're comfortable with it? Probably not. Fixed to the level where I think fantasy managers can buy back in? I think that they will. Uh, he dropped the Aaron Rodgers relax on the media yesterday when... <laughs> He was clarifying his I'll hang it up if I'm not playing well statement after the game on Sunday. And I think that's going to be uh, a a bounce back Big Ben performance. So I would not be surprised if he has a huge game. I certainly understand if fantasy managers want to get away from him. It makes total sense if you have a capable quarterback. I'm in a scenario where I'm debating Ben Roethlisberger and Jalen Hurts. That's how I feel about Ben. But I do think that this is a blow up type of spot because it's a primetime game everybody's looking at them as they've just lost two games after starting off perfect. He looks like an old quarterback. It's the typical Ben Roethlisberger setup where he sets up the trap for you. And so it would not shock me with how this run game has been struggling with James Conner at less than hundred percent that they have to throw the ball like what happened in the Bengals game when they couldn't run on them that time. So I do think that you're going to get a potential, like this, it wouldn't shock me at all if it's like 403 from Roethlisberger, like that type of game for him. Then Heath, what would that mean for the, how do you see it? And what do you think about the wide receivers? 
I am am scared of Ben Roethlisberger in both directions. I am scared of sitting him. I'm scared of starting him. So he kind of almost feels like the Tyler Lockett of quarterbacks this week. Um, he's a borderline top 12 guy for me. I don't. I, I think the upside that Jamie uh, talked about absolutely exists, and the floor is pretty low. Um, I'm going to start Deontay Johnson in full PPR. I'm going to start probably Juju, too. I don't have any faith in Chase Claypool or James Washington, really. I do think Ebron is a very solid starting tight end because of what this position is. Um, I was just looking. It's not really. I was wondering if the the road bin thing has not uh, really been a thing this year. So, I mean, he does have some terrible passing games on the road, but he has some great games as well. Yeah, I think one thing you can be encouraged by if you're, well, they're going to blow him out. He's not going to have to throw. They don't operate like that. They just throw. They've had three big, big wins this year. One was early in the year. He only threw 22 passes against Cleveland. But when they won 36-10 against Cincinnati, he threw 46 times. When they threw, when they won 27-3 at Jacksonville, he threw 46 times. So, are you going to say Heath? Well, I, I was going to ask Jamie because, and this is just my recollection, but it seems like over the last week, week and a half, we've heard several people, um, national reporters, talk about how the Steelers aren't intending to throw that much, and Ben's just going to passing plays instead. Like they're not calling that many passing plays. They can't run the ball. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, they. It sounds like everybody besides Ben wants to. I mean, I'm sure that they do want to. They need to have more balance on offense. You know, they've been to the playoffs enough time. Mike Tomlin knows they're not going to win throwing the ball 47 times in the playoffs. Uh, trying to be at a shootout with the Chiefs when they get to there. If, when they get there, if they do, they see what the Browns are doing. They saw what the Titans did last year. They're smart enough to know that they can't put their defense on the field as much as they have been especially with the, the injuries that they have. But I also think, like, to, to your, your question, Heath, uh, they need to fix their passing game, too. And, you know, this is, this is if things go, I think, the way that they would hope, which the, the point spread kind of indicates that, this can almost be like a scrimmage for them and, and work on some things if, they, if they're able to. And so I, I think Roethlisberger, he may not be 45-plus pass attempts, but in 30 to 35 against this defense, he could still have a big enough game. All right, so before I get to the running backs here, let me just do some starts and sits. Ben Roethlisberger or Taysom Hill? Hill. Tannehill. Tannehill. Streamer guys, Trubisky, Hurts. I'll even throw Philip Rivers on there. I have Ben ahead of all of them as of now. I currently have Trubisky ahead of Ben, but they're right in the same range. Okie dokie. And uh, are you going to trust any Steelers running back in this game? The Bengals give up the seventh most fantasy points to running backs, uh, 4.91 yards per carry. We know they're not good. Uh, Their defense actually played a little bit better lately. I will say that as the competition has gotten a lot easier. But are you going to trust the Steelers running back? I would trust, and this sounds weird to say, but I would trust Benny Snell if James Conner is out as a low-end number two in non-PPR and a flex option in PPR at this point, more so than I would trust James Conner because clearly he's not 100% and is not running well and they're moving guys in and out. So, you know, the two-game sample size that we have of Benny Snell as the starter, one was really good against Baltimore on Wednesday. He had over 90 total yards. And one was terrible against what is a good Washington defense. This is not a good defense. They just put Geno Atkins on IR. And so it's, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a spot for him to have some success. But to what level, I just couldn't tell you. Okay. And uh, by the way, do you see what Juju Smith-Schuster is on pace for? No. Hmm. He's on pace for 97 catches, 
and uh, can I guess? Touchdowns. And eight and eight hundred and thirteen yards. You're very close. Eight hundred and six yards. Oh. <laughs> My goodness. So, who do you like better, Juju or Deontay? Deontay. I like Juju better in non PPR. Deontay better in PPR. You just have to again wonder if he drops any passes. Does he get benched once again? Um, Juju. It's funny because you know Juju doesn't feel like he's having a very good season, but he scored thirteen or more PPR points six of his last eight games. Like, you know, he's been pretty consistent. I mean, let's find out where he ranks in PPR uh, for the season. But would you start Deontay or Juju over Terry McLaurin? I'd start Deontay over McLaurin in PPR. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I wouldn't start any Steelers over McLaurin in non-PPR, I don't believe. He is wide receiver 26, tied with Corey Davis. That is season long, let's see, per game. He's not going to be that high. 36, wide receiver 30. Right, the, the, uh, the problem is, is like his floor has been pretty good. His ceiling just has not been very high for Juju. Yeah. All righty, Eric Ebron is a start. You guys have him seventh in PPR, and Dave's a little bit lower on him in non-PPR. He did not have a good game last week, but he's been pretty reliable. Um, so start Eric Ebron and sit all bangles. Yes. Okie dokie. Would you start? Um, no. Would you start Nelson Aguilar over your favorite Bengals wide receiver? Yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, Houston's at Indianapolis. Your updated stat of the game before last week it was, it was all but one game. Now it's all but two games in which at least two Texans pass catchers have had 95 yards or a touchdown every game, except for two, the wind game at Cleveland and last week when they didn't have cooks or fuller uh, and the Colts. Meanwhile, they've allowed 70 yards or a touchdown to 13 wide receivers in their last 10 games. They've allowed 98 or more yards to five wide receivers in their last four games. And if A.J. Brown didn't drop a long touchdown, that would be even worse. So your confidence level in the pass catchers for Houston and who specifically, Heath? Um, I don't know that I have. will have. We don't we still don't have Brandon Cooks ranked, correct, Jamie? No, I believe I'm going to check. I don't think he practiced in full. That's what I thought. Um, if Cooks was a, like gets a full practice in then he will probably be right around wide receiver 20 for me. I'll, I'll probably feel decent about starting him as a number two wide receiver. If he remains limited all week, then he's going to be more of a number three. Kiki QT and Chad Hansen are both um, mid-range number threes without Cooks and borderline number threes with Cooks. He practiced in a limited fashion on Wednesday. All right, starter sit to Sean Watson. Yeah, um, he's a, a, a borderline starter for me without Cooks. But with Cooks, he'd be a mid-range starter. Yeah, I think, you know, you got to go back to what he did against the Colts two games ago. He was a fumbled snap away of a potential touchdown, which would have put him over 20 fantasy points. I still think his ceiling is good enough that you should trust it. But you've seen the floor of the last couple of games without Will Fuller. It hasn't been great. 18 points and 17 points. And the Colts allow the fourth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. So you like him better than Roethlisberger? Certainly with Cooks, but without Cooks, would you like him better than Roethlisberger? Um, I, st- I currently have him ranked ahead of Roethlisberger. All right. I do too. Yeah, I'm, start- I'm starting him over Roethlisberger. The, the, ru- the rushing for him is, is always going to keep him in play. You know, I think that's kind of been the reason why he's been at the 17 and 18 point range the last two weeks. He had the rushing touchdown, I think it was two weeks ago or last week. Last me. week. 
Um, no, no, no. You're right. Then, it was two weeks ago. Last week he threw the touchdown at QT. Right. Um, so I just like with teams like this, and especially you know he's he's clearly the it it, it this is a separate conversation, uh, which is going to be like one of the more coveted jobs around the league. Like you walk into the Houston job and you know you have that in him. You know he's he's so good. He's a man. Is is that like a better situation than to going to the Chargers when their job eventually opens and you have that quarterback too, um, or the Jaguars where you have a fresh, uh, you know, blank slate with all those picks and and a rookie uh, quarterback? But, I don't want to get too uh, sidetracked here. <laughs> uh, but in any event, uh, yeah, he he's keeping them afloat by himself, and you're seeing it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk about this in a in a let's say a half PPR league. Rank the following four players. David Johnson, Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines, T.Y. Hilton. Half PPR league, David John- the three running backs, and T.Y. Hilton. How would you rank them? Jamie, you can go first. I don't love David Johnson this week, so uh, Taylor is by far and away the best. And then I probably would go with still still Johnson over Hines in, non-PPR, in half PPR. Wait, but what about PPR Hilton? Team. You're definitely going Hilton oh, over Johnson, right? I'm sorry. Taylor, Hilton, Johnson, Hines. Okay. Heath? Taylor, Hilton, Hines, Johnson. Yeah, Johnson, I mean, look, he scores all the time, but he, his yards are so tough to come by. He's been pretty bad in tough matchups. You trying to get away from him this week? He's not in my top 24 running backs, but he's just outside. Probably exaggerated. He doesn't score all the time. He scores a lot. And, okay, so that would basically be Houston. Jordan Akins is a sit, right? Uh, yeah. Jordan Higgins is sit. Yeah. Okay. Starter sit Philip Rivers, Heath. I really don't want to. Um, I would start Ben Roethlisberger over him. I would certainly start Deshaun Watson over him. I would start Mitchell Trubisky over him. I would start Jalen Hurts over him. Why, though? But, I mean, he's got 21 or more points in four straight games. That's pretty good. That's low-end starter. Oh, John Brown. 21, John well, Brown is out, by the way. We just saw. John Brown ruled out. Go ahead. 21 points is a, a number two quarterback. Mm, and most of the time that he's been right around 21 points. Uh, yeah. Is it the number two quarterback? I mean, I feel like you come close. All right. It's like right around 12, right? You've got to figure. Um, yeah, but, but okay. All right. But do you think he's got a lot of potential in this game or just going to run the ball all the time or? I th- I think they're going to run the ball more than they pass it. I think he'll like. I don't think he's going to be a bad start. I just prefer those guys. I would expect he'll be right in that twenty point range where he's been for most of the season. Okay, and you got you got to hope that the Texans' offense shows up for Philip Rivers. We love Jonathan Taylor. He's a must start. He's top ten as far as Naeem Hines goes. Uh, this team has given up twenty eight or more receiving yards. Houston has to a running back in nine straight games. Nine straight. So that's wild. Uh, eight of those had 35 or more receiving yards. I think it was, was it Jonathan Taylor though last time that had the receiving totals? Uh, yeah, Hines had uh, 22 yards and Hines and Taylor had 44 yards and a touchdown receiving. Uh, but Hines, you know, he's, he's, not, he's not a bad flex in PPR. And then T.Y. Hilton's a must start. He is top 18. Heath's the low guy that has him 18. So that tells you everything you need to know. Michael Pittman. Now, do you is see a his sit. history against the Texans? I, I mean, I, you guys talk about it all the time. I don't know the numbers. This is amazing. So he's played them 17 times in his career. 
Basically, a full season. Guess the catches in those 17 games. He's not a huge catch guy, but I'll say 95. He? Oh, 17, I'll say 102. You're close. Well, you're close. 98. Oh, all right. The yards in those 17 games. Heath, what's the yards? In 17 games, I would guess he's at 1,750 yards. Wow. I will, I will oh, guess awesome. 1,580. 1,732. Oh, my goodness. And the and touchdowns? He, the, the amazing thing is he has a couple of games with 13. less than 20 yards. 13 touchdowns. Uh, 12. 11. Damn it. 98, 17, 32, and 11 <laughs> touchdowns in 17 games against them. It's ridiculous. Colts DSC's top seven. Let's go to our next game. Buffalo at Denver. John Brown is out. Why are you so confident in Josh Allen without John Brown? Five games without Brown. He scored 16 to 21 fantasy points in four or five games. He did have a Eight. huge game. At we were just San talking Francisco. about 21's good. 16 to 21. For Phillip Rivers, it's 21 or more. For John, for for uh, Josh Allen, it's 19, 16, 17, 38, and 21 in five games without John Brown. Yeah. Anyway, why are you so confident? Y'all got him top five. Heath has him second or third. Yeah, I, I would just agree with Jamie that there were some circumstances in those John Brown games. I don't think John Brown has been the reason that Josh Allen has been a top five fantasy quarterback this season, and I don't see any thing in this matchup to not rank him top five i mean and you just saw what was it two games ago without john brown he had a yeah that was his, that was his one big game at san francisco and then he played well against pittsburgh and gabriel davis is a touchdown three straight games i mean you know they're getting production from other guys yeah okay i mean i feel like the touchdowns are kind of what what's missing like he had the game against the jets he threw for over 300 yards just couldn't get the touchdowns maybe he just doesn't get as many big plays i don't know like um, who are you? Who are you starting, Josh? Who are you, who are you benching, Josh Allen for? Yeah, nobody. Because right, I don't feel comfortable you know, about like, that there, many there's, quarterbacks. There's three quarterbacks right now in the NFL that have separated themselves, and I, I think Russell Wilson's just kind of fallen off this a little bit. But it's Mahomes, Rodgers, and Allen, just based on how they're playing as quarterbacks. I feel pretty Fantasy good about. Wise, I feel pretty good about Tom Brady this week. Oh, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't. Fancy like, like I would like, have a trouble deciding between him and Josh Allen. I would start Allen because you all have Allen ranked higher. And when all three of you have Allen ranked higher, I go with you. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if Brady was better at Atlanta. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, that game is tomorrow. S- uh, sit the Buffalo running backs. It's a great matchup. Uh, they're flexes. I prefer Moss just based on the fact that he got more carries last week after getting benched the week before. So... You know, take that for what it's worth. They've been so up and down. Um, Moss, I think, has two games this season with double digits and carries. He's been good in one of them. This could be a double-digit carry game. All right, Heath, uh, Cole Beasley. We're obviously going to start Stefan Diggs. Cole Beasley, I mean, this guy is really annoying. He's got, like, four 100-yard games, and he's got four games with, like, fewer than 30 yards or something. Uh, I don't know. 41, whatever it is. He's very hit or miss. Starter sit. He's been less annoying when John Brown doesn't play. Um, He's been super duper annoying when John Brown has played. So I think there's enough targets there. And if you think Josh Allen's going to have a good day, yes, it could be Gabriel Davis, but I feel pretty good about starting Cole Beasley. So that's what I thought. He has double-digit targets in three of five games, but here are his yards without John Brown. 53, 112, 25, 130, and 41. 
and he only has one touchdown. I mean, I, I almost feel like I got this wrong, but he's actually been pretty bad three of five games without John Brown. Do I kind of feel like you got it wrong too. I don't. But know. I'm going to look. Yeah, please do, because I because I it didn't it didn't feel right. But would you, okay? Let's talk about um, Beasley Ors. Beasley or Naeem Hines. Beasley. Beasley. Beasley or Leonard Fournette if Ronald Jones is out. Beasley. Um, Beasley. Beasley or McKissick. McKissick. Okay, so I I think yeah I'd go McKissick and full yeah I'd go McKissick. All right, did um, I get this right? Well, you the tricky thing with John Brown is he's had also two games where he left and did not produce any stats. He didn't catch any passes or any yards or any touchdowns. And so in both of those games, Cole Beasley was also good. Okay. So in the games that Brown has not fully put, like, yes, you were not wrong. I mean, the thing you got to sign up for with Beasley is he's got 10 or more targets in three of his last four games. Like that Mm -hmm. gives you the opportunity to be good. All right. We go over to the Broncos. Are you starting anyone confidently on Denver? No. Patrick is the closest, but not confidently. I don't have any confidence. No. Okay. It would. What the hell? What is happening? That my phone keeps falling on the floor. I don't understand. It was just... every time you make a point, you spike it like a moron. Stop spiking your phone. Jeez, jeez, man, this is going to be the second phone I break in the last week. Oh, all right. Sorry. Very. Did they recover your pictures? No. Uh, yeah, two years, photos and videos gone, awful. Uh, anyway, uh, Noah Fant, Heath, you always seem high on Noah Fant. Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> but at the same time, and this, like, just to be clear, I would start Noah Fant over Jared Cook. And we'll reassess the running back situation if one of them is out, because it, you know. Could be a good situation if that's the case. Detroit at Tennessee. Let's talk about Detroit at Tennessee here, guys. That, uh, you're not going to sit uh, TJ Hawkinson, but if you want to be even more excited, TJ Hawkinson has seven or more targets in six of his last seven games. And there have been six tight ends against the Titans that have had six to eight targets. All of them had 50 yards or a touchdown. Hawkinson's going to have a good game. Um, the other stat I had was that, you know, Tannehill just has, he's in the three games he's played where they've won by more than one score. He's thrown 28, 22 and 24 passes. They've all been massive blowouts. That's kind of the issue with the stat. And Corey Davis hasn't been very good in those games. So that's, I guess, kind of what I'm concerned about here is the faith you have in everybody's going to start AJ Brown, but Tannehill and Corey Davis with the game script potentially getting away from them with obviously Derrick Henry against the best matchup set up for a big game. Heath, what do you think about Tannehill and Corey Davis? I just, I think like as good as Ryan Tannehill has been basically for almost a year and a half now. Yes. There's some concern about the game script, but we've also seen games like when they earlier in the year, he threw 24 passes and four of them were touchdowns. Um, some of these monster Derrick Henry games, he also has wild efficiency and is still very good. So I think you should just treat Ryan Tannehill as if he's a starting quarterback, unless there's a circumstance that really, really causes you to question that. So I'm starting him and and Corey Davis has had a couple of bad games and one of them was his most recent game. And so that, that makes you worried about him, but he's also had a floor of 10 PPR points and like 90% of his games this year. 
and he's shown us 25 point upside on multiple occasions. I'm just going to start him as a number two wide receiver. This, this stat is ridiculous from what the lions have allowed to receivers in their last five weeks. Do you know it? No. 92 catches, 1,203 yards and five touchdowns on 115 targets to Carolina, Houston, Chicago, and green Bay. They're bad. <laughs> Eight receivers have scored at least 13 PPR points in those five games. Yeah, no, they are bad. But the only t- the times that Corey Davis has let us down basically have been the times where Tannehill hasn't have to throw, had to throw. Not exclusively. I think what we saw that's that's been what case. we saw last week was, and and they're typically pretty good at this uh, when things are going right for them. Is they will throw to score early enough, like we saw the flea flicker last week, and then just run to win. And so the thing you want to hope for is obviously the Detroit offense to show up to make them have to throw a little bit more, but clearly you want to see them be a little bit aggressive throwing early in the game. And like Keith said, you know, they, they, he could throw 20 times and get four touchdowns. He's just that type of quarterback. So mm-hmm. his floor has typically been 20 fantasy points. I think you buy into that for Tanhill and then hope the receivers are the ones that are catching those passes. So I think you just start them. And stat of the game, number three, the lions. Yeah. They're bad against everything. They've given up 66 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in six of their last seven games. And the only exception is Jordan Akins, and he dropped two touchdowns. So is there any interest in any Titans tight end? I think they just become too much of a group. Yep. Okay. So let's go to Detroit, Heath. And I'm assuming Chase Daniel is going to start. It doesn't look good for Stafford. So... How much do you trust DeAndre Swift in these circumstances? It sounds like you have him pretty high. Well, I I think, and the Ragnow thing does, like, would change some things. But it's a terrible defense they're facing, and Chase Daniel has thrown about a third of his passes to running backs over his career. He is, he was Alex Smith light, um, backing him up. He learned under <laughs> Drew Brees. He's going to dump the ball off quickly. I think DeAndre Swift will be good. I've got him as a number two running back uh, right around 16 or 17, and I'm starting him. I'm starting Hawkinson, but I don't have much confidence in any other Lions. Cool. And then how about DeAndre Swift? DeAndre Swift. I'm going to get a good wide receiver here to compare him to. You're going to start him over Tyler Lockett? Yeah. How about DeAndre Swift or T.Y. Hilton? T.Y. I would go Swift and non PPR Hilton and PPR. So this week he should change his name to TR for track record. <laughs> Juju Smith Schuster or DeAndre Swift? Swift. Uh, Swift. I think that's pretty much it for this game. Tennessee's DST is an okay option. They're not good, but they're you know top like fifteen basically. All right, we got three games left of the three games we already talked about earlier in the show. Jacksonville, Baltimore will be the first one. We're going to take a quick break, real quick break, and we'll be back in about 30 seconds to wrap up this slate of games. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Jacksonville's at Baltimore. Let's see if there's anything we haven't covered. I mean, we've talked so much about... Do- Honestly, I don't want to be too repetitive. So anything you guys would like to add in this game? You want to talk about James Robinson? People are a little nervous about the matchup. The Ravens have actually been kind of crummy against running backs the last couple weeks. And on the season, they're 22nd against running backs. Uh, Jamie, your level of confidence in James Robinson. You're starting James Robinson. I mean, it just comes down to, you know, if you have some guys that are in that same range that you think you might want to start over. Like one I'm struggling with, to be honest with you, is Josh Jacobs, because I do think that he could play well tonight against the um, against the Chargers. But I'm still going to start Robinson as of now. Uh, he's been dealing with this knee injury for whatever it's worth. Uh, keeps showing up on the injury report. You do have some shuffling or running around with the offensive line. And I do think that this is a get-right game for the Ravens defense. So there are some things at play with John, uh, with James Robinson, but he's just been so good. He's so involved in the passing game. He's so involved in everything. I mean, he's really their entire offense. So it's hard to get away from him. You just have to make sure that you feel comfortable enough to bench him. I don't think most people should do that, though. Okay, and if you want to look at him in previous tough matchups, if you think this is a tough matchup, in my opinion, there have been three. The Colts, the Steelers, and the Browns. In the, against the Colts, he had 90 total yards, did not score. That was his first game. Against the Steelers, he had 94 total yards, did not score. And against the Browns, he had an enormous game. He had like 160, 159 total yards and a touchdown and five catches. He also averaged something like four catches per game with Gardner Minshew. So, uh, more, yeah, 27 catches in seven games. All right, set our piece. I, although, I mean, I think we should probably do some comparisons. Heath, would you go Josh Jacobs or James Robinson? Uh, Robinson. I... Bam, start, I've got Robinson as a top 10 running back. I'm starting him. And you are the low guy on him. <laughs> <laughs> top 10. Okay. All right. I won't even ask anymore. Um, start him. And I'm not going to start anyone else on Jacksonville. We love Lamar Jackson as of now. He's top four. He might move down a little bit. He will move down a little bit if Marquise Brown is out. We, lo- we like J.K. Dobbins. Jamie likes him more than Heath. Jamie's got him as the start of the week. If Marquise Brown plays, you're talking about a guy who has a touchdown in three straight games. You're talking about Jacksonville. They're 26th against wide receivers. Where are you going to rank Marquise Brown, uh, Heath? Uh, number three wide receiver with big-time upside, but he wouldn't quite get into my top 30 in any format. Jamie? I had him, I think, uh, like right around 25, 26 in non-PPR and closer to 30 to 33, I think, maybe 33 in PPR. Um, I'd have a very tough time with him in non-PPR with Tyler Lockett, you know, just based on what matchup is and uh, what you've seen recently from those two guys. If he's out, who's a better streamer, Willie Sneed or Lynn Bowden? Assuming Or Parker. another team. What? <laughs> someone from another team. Uh, someone else? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so hit or miss. Willie Sneed probably be the best one, but I don't know how many people want to start Willie Sneed. All righty. Start Mark Andrews. Well, no, but I asked you Snead or Lynn Bowden. I don't know if you heard that. Bowden. Okay. Start Mark Andrews, start the Ravens, DST. Kansas City at New Orleans. Patrick Mahomes is top two, and he's Mahomes. Clyde Edwards-Elair or Lynn Bowden. Clyde. Clyde. Clyde Edwards-Elair or Gallman. Gallman. Uh, Clyde. All right, one more. Clyde Edwards Elair. Let's do a wide receiver. Kiki Cutie. Clyde. Clyde. One more. Aguilar. Uh, Clyde in non PPR. Aguilar in PPR. Man, Clyde could be terrible. 
right? He could be terrible this week. Well, you're comparing him to Nelson Aguilar. I was <laughs> pivoting. I was saying separately, he could be terrible. Like yeah, this is one of those things where, you, sorry, go ahead. No, I go you. I, th- I was just saying I agree. Oh, this is one of those things where you can fall into a trap with Clyde because I think they're going to win on the road. I think they're going to be able to kind of do what they want to offensively, but this Saints defense is still so good against the run. Like you can't buy what happened last week as the, the indication of what the run defense is. Right. Okay. And then uh, Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, any other wide receivers you're interested in? No. Let's see how the uh, Saints can do against tight ends. <laughs> They've gotten a lot better against tight ends. Uh, in their last 10 games, only two tight ends have more than 31 yards. And I think only two have caught a touchdown. So we'll see how they hold up against the best of the best. Taysom Hill. So he's top 10. And uh, Jamie, like, what do you expect from Taysom Hill this week? Uh, 23 to 25 fantasy points. Uh, 33 plus rushing yards. And one passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown, one interception. This is our last Lowe's home team watch party of the year. Come hang out with us on Twitch. Uh, We're watching the game 4 p.m. Eastern, and we'll be talking about it. We've got interviews lined up, and I have not. This is the most excited I've been for a home team watch party. So can't wait to watch this game and and break it down. Alvin Kamara, any hesitation at all? I mean, look, he had uh, he had seven catches last week. But he had three in the three previous games with Taysom Hill combined. So, but what was the difference in that game? Just what was it? Pass attempts, chasing points. Uh, yeah, I guess so. So you're confident in the because two weeks ago at Atlanta, Taysom Hill threw 37 times, I think, and he only had two catches. Kamara, you're. I mean, still feeling great about him or what? Yeah, uh, I, you're seeing what I would hope is the evolution of Taysom Hill as he's you know. He's throwing the ball a little bit better, a little bit more, you know, successfully uh, to the guys that matter. I mean, you know, it's it's been kind of consistent with Michael Thomas, but, you know, you go back the last two weeks with Jared Cook, there's been a little bit more, um, you know, production. And then Alvin Kamara last week, uh, again, chasing points. I think you buy into that. And so um, I don't know if you mentioned this, Adam, but Adam Schefter reporting that uh, don't expect Drew Brees this week. Sean Payton kind of indicated that. So mm-hmm. looks looks pretty safe for Taysom Hill. And we're going to get a lot of tough questions about Michael Thomas because it's that kind of that's that time of year. We got great teams remaining in fantasy, so he's not like a top five guy. He is, you know, he is a, certainly a must start. He's top twelve in PPR. He's top fifteen in non PPR. But you know, Jonathan Taylor. How many rookie running backs would you start over Michael Thomas in full PPR? Full? Yeah. Uh, just Taylor. Not Acres. Acres and Taylor for me. Yeah, I think I'd still go with Thomas. Okay. Half I mean, as PPR. great as Acres was last week, he had two catches. I just don't see him being heavily involved in the passing game in a game they're blowing out their opponent. Whereas Thomas could, this could be a 10 catch game for Michael Thomas. Yeah. I'm, I really, oh God, I can't wait. Tough matchup. I, I cannot deal with this. <laughs> how do they give up? I know up? how much it frustrates you. <laughs> they give up the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. I just don't understand. They've given up uh. 97 yards or a touchdown to five wide receivers in their last five games. And that does not even include Lynn Bowden. Because in our database, he had 82 yards. It, that doesn't. Their stats don't even include him. I just, I don't know. I don't get it. Um I want to be clear. I'm not downgrading Michael Thomas because of the Chiefs matchup. I just said that to frustrate you. Uh, you did a great job. That's one of the most frustrating things when I look at the matchups. 
All right, then. Uh, New England at Miami. Next. Which DST do you like better? Dolphins, but it's close. In all seriousness, if you go back to the start meter or confidence-o-meter segment, we talked about this game more extensively. We talked about all the relative pieces. Um, I guess I'll just ask you, if Devontae Parker plays, would you start Devontae Parker or Corey Davis? Davis. Davis. Devontae Parker or Kiki QT? Is Brandon Cook's plan? Yes. Parker. I might start QT anyway. I, 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 he's going to be less than 100%. He's he's dealing. The, the thing you got to factor in is Belichick and what he does against rookie quarterbacks. I mean, he turned J- Justin Herbert upside down a few weeks ago. He's twenty-one and five in his career as a coach against rookie quarterbacks. It's just absolutely amazing. Now he doesn't have the same level of defense, and obviously Brian Flores and that coaching staff knows what they're going to try and do because Flores was part of that. But I I, I think Tua without Gasecki, with Parker at less than hundred percent, this could be an ugly game for the Dolphins offensively. You have so many moving parts in the running back situation. Um, I think Lynn Bowden and, you know, I don't think we've talked enough about Matt Collins if there is no Devontae Parker as a desperation play because he had nine targets last week also and, you know, just maybe uh, fed targets by default. But there's just not a lot to like about the Dolphins situation. Like Lynn Bowden can either be somebody who is like, oh, wow, that guy has a chance. That guy was really good. I'm glad I played him. Or it's he's a, a, a converted uh, running back playing wide receiver, and is he really that good that I should trust him? Right. Even though he's got eleven targets last or thirteen targets last two weeks. Right. Okay. Well, look, I, I think on the mailbag show when we have more practice information, we'll have the Friday practice report. We'll be able to talk more about Lynn Bowden because we'll have a lot of Lynn Bowden questions. Correct. Correct. So we'll talk to you Thursday. We'll talk you Friday, and we'll have the mailbag show that airs on Saturday. But want to thank Heath and Jamie and Ben Schrager. I'm Adam Azer. And we will talk to you tomorrow. And make sure you're watching CBS Sports HQ. And we'll see you on Twitch today at 4 o'clock.